Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to the Wednesday show. We've got an intruder. Now, a welcome guest, Jamie. Going to be on the Wednesday show. Are you going to say that every week? <laughs> did I say that last week? Yeah. Yes. Oh, damn it. I didn't call you an intruder, did I? Uh, probably something worse. The comments will be worse as the weeks go on. Uh, I guess I am no longer going to say that. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. I have a terrible memory and forgot things I said 10 minutes ago. Uh, We're going to talk trade on today's show. Do you know who the two most traded players in fantasy leagues are, in CBS fantasy leagues? Um, Joe Burrow. They didn't do it. They had very, very quiet weeks in week one. Not Joe Burrow. T. Higgins. Uh, Oh, I know. Who? DJ Moore. Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor are the two most traded players. <laughs> okay. Didn't do squat <laughs> in week one. DK Metcalf, number three. T. Higgins, number four. And Travis Kelsey, number five. It's kind of interesting trading for injured players right now. Three of the top five on the most traded list are injured. We welcome you to the show. We'll give you our favorite buy lows, our favorite sell highs. We'll talk about the craziest fab bids we saw this morning. Spoiler alert, one of the guys we talked about yesterday went for 80% of a budget in one of Dave's leagues and Dave's FFT Open. And uh, let's start with our favorite buy low. Let's start with uh, Dave Richard. Dave, who's your favorite buy low? My favorite buy low is Christian Kirk, who everybody's freaking out about after his first game. And it was a terrible game. And he didn't play a lot on three. He he only played in three receiver sets, save for five plays. I think they're going to need more of him moving forward. I would expect him to have a nice bounce back week against Kansas City in week two. And then I'm looking at their schedule. I think he could get some usage against Atlanta in week four, uh, Buffalo in week five. I'm going to say three of his next four games, he'll be start worthy. Christian Kirk. All right. So to to frame it, um, if you were drafting again, let's say he was around five pick for you or something. Where is he now? He wasn't around five pick for me when I was drafting him. Okay. Uh, I, I'd keep him right where I had him, which was in that six seven range. Okay, Christian Kirk for Dave Heath. Who's your favorite buy low? I'll go with James Cook. It was not a productive game for James Cook, but good grief! If he gets that usage all year long in this offense, he's going to be a borderline top twelve running back. Sixty seven percent of the team's non quarterback rush attempts, fifty five percent of the team's overall rush attempts and a 15% target share. If you just put that 55% and 15% into last year's Bills offense, it's 240 carries and 90 targets. Absolutely loved it. Any concerns or how bothered are you by the fact that Damian Harris was working near the goal line? I I don't love it, but it doesn't bother me that much. I think James Cook's going to score touchdowns from more than five yards away. Would you rather have Brees Hall or James Cook? Hall. Okay, how about, um, all right, same question. If James Cook was like around six, seven round pick, I don't know, where you can tell me where he was for you. Where is he now? Um, it's probably like he was, if he was six, seven, then maybe he's five, six. Like, I think the bigger thing on a buy low is not that necessarily he's gone up in value. It's that other people maybe are drafting him or thinking he's not as valuable as he was on draft day. Okay, Jamie, favorite buy low? Jameer Gibbs. Uh, yes, we're going to get more Jameer Gibbs this week, right? So uh, we know someone who knows someone who knows people with the Lions, and that someone has told that someone that you need to get Jameer Gibbs the ball more after watching the <laughs> game Thursday night. I thought Dan Campbell said that. Yeah, is it Dan Campbell? <laughs> um, no, it's not Dan Campbell. I thought he said they were, they intentionally just kind of eased him into his first game, and we should expect Jameer Gibbs to get the ball more. You still consider him a top 30-ish player? Yes. 
Okay. Uh, while we're talking about buy lows, you know, I posted on X last night. Uh, I, I say it sarcastically. I don't even want to say it. I, on Twitter, uh, where are the top eight quarterbacks? Because that was such a big thing for me. Get a top eight quarterback, get a top eight quarterback. Where they finished. Uh, three of them were okay in week one. Mahomes, Mahomes was QB4. Herbert was QB5. Lawrence was QB7. Nobody else was higher than QB16. Fields, 16. Hurts, 18. Jackson, 27. Burrow, QB30. Josh Allen was QB22. Uh, any reason not to buy low on any of those guys who struggled in week one, or you think they're all just super fine? Super fine. Super fine. Super I, I don't fine. think you're going to be able to buy them low. I don't think anybody's giving up on, on definitely not on Burrow, definitely not on Lamar Jackson, definitely not on Herbert. Um, Herbert had a good game, never mind. Uh, maybe a little <laughs> bit on Fields. Like that would be the one guy that you might have a shot at buying low on, but even the people that drafted him are going to say, "No, he had a bad game. He'll bounce back." You'll you'll have some some rare situations where somebody had like four or five just terrible performances, and they'll panic. So it's not a bad idea to make some offers, like somebody that may have drafted Jonathan Taylor or Cooper Cup or Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews and had a Joe Burrow stinker or a DJ Moore stinker or something like that. You know, just had four or five players in their roster that were just duds. Like you may be able to get some of these players cheap. All right. Heath, you want to get in there? I just, I think we should not underestimate the panic in people um, and the, and the wild thing. Like I, I know we're not going to panic on any of these quarterbacks, but I agree. Like go make offers because I I've seen Khalil Herbert and Jalen Warren dropped this morning. I've seen tweets saying, should I drop Christian Kirk? Did I make a mistake holding on to Jahan Dotson? Um, like people are going to drop really good players this week. Someone tweeted me that in their league, somebody dropped Garrett Wilson for Puka Nakua. Oh, there you wow. go. Right. So there's a lot of panic. Here's the question I'm going to toss back to you, Adam. If you had Tua and you wanted to lock up a top eight QB, you, you value the top eight QBs. Would you trade him for Justin Fields right now? Yeah, but I don't. I, I maybe that's I would. Okay. Just I don't hold. think that that's a horrible thing at all. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing about Fields: he really did. He played poorly, right? I think it's kind of oh out he there. He played scared, but he wasn't a great passer last year, and he was awesome for fantasy. So I don't know. You you do have to worry about trading Tua. <laughs> he might just be, you know, it's health. That's the only thing, right? It's the only thing. Yeah, he's yep. just freaking awesome. So may, maybe I wouldn't do that. Maybe I would just keep Tua. And that was actually my next question: Would you trade Tua for for the top eight quarterbacks? How would you guys feel about that? Or like, is is he just a hold? I think Heath, you probably had him ahead of Lawrence. Did you have him ahead of I Lawrence? Did. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it just a one for one? Right. I guess in this hypothetical one for one scenario, deal. If it's a one-for-one one deal, then yes, I would trade Tua for one of the guys I had ranked ahead of him. For all of them? Yes. Any of them? Yes. Okay. So to continue this buy-low topic, I think the um, two players that I feel like just... I try to use the emails and tweets, Xs, to kind of gauge how people are feeling. But I definitely think there's a lot of negativity on DJ Moore because of last year and because he stunk in week one. And Drake London, you know, and I guess yes. that Kyle Pitts. Uh, how do you guys view them, Jamie? I mean, I'm a little nervous about London just because it's the the continued theme of what the Falcons want to do. And, you know, I'll go back to, again, the conversation I had with Arthur Smith for the B. John Robinson story I did for the magazine. And, you know, just asking him about those players. And the first thing he said about Drake London was he's a great blocker. Uh, we value that skill for him. Um, so... You know, the the upside, I think, is is somewhat capped for both of them, which is, you know, what was the fear? That was the fear for those guys, you know, that this is going to be a run-first offense. And their two best players from week one were B. John Robinson and Tyler Algier. And so, you know, they're going to have a much improved defense. And because of that defense, they're not going to be forced to throw very much if that's the way Arthur Smith wants to win games. So those two are making me very nervous. Uh, DJ Moore, not so much. You know, I, I think that was just a byproduct of field struggling, a good Packers defense. I think the targets will improve and he will get some production. He may not live up to the hype of being a top 20 wide receiver, but I think he will be startable more times than not. I did not watch all of his routes, but I watched about two thirds of DJ Moore's routes, mostly just to see if Jair Alexander was shadowing him. 
and I would not call it a shadow, but I would say he did see a lot of Jair Alexander. So you can think, and, and, and Alexander did really well on him. And uh, there were a few plays, a couple plays where he wasn't on Alexander. He got wide open downfield and Justin Fields checked down and threw short. It was disappointing. But uh, I think you can chalk it up to the Packers defense a little bit, as Jamie said. Um, who would you guys give up to get DJ Moore? Or how do you value him right now? Heath, I mean, I think I asked you on Sunday, but would you give up Brandon Ayuk to get DJ Moore? I know we were drafting more ahead of Ayuk. I, and it's funny because I was going to say that Ayuk was my sell high. He was wide receiver two this week, but no. Um, I think I'm probably the wrong guy to ask because this year I, I had DJ Moore lower than the other two. I wasn't drafting him until round five. And so, like, mm. I'm probably not selling anybody who was drafted in the round five, six range and was really good in week one for him. You might be able to pull a, a Michael Pittman for DJ Moore trade. Yep. How about I would flowers? do that. Oh, yeah. Zay Flowers for DJ Moore. I don't probably know do about that. that. Yeah, I'm not sure I would do that. Dave, would you? Which one? Zay Flowers for more? I'd rather have more. Okay. All right. I'm going to ask you who your favorite sell high is. Let me promote a few things real quick. Thursday night. Oh, we had a great time last Thursday night. We had a, our live stream at 7.30, getting ready for the game, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, exclusively on YouTube. We had a lot of people there and answered a ton of questions. Uh, so that is youtube.com slash fantasy football today, Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. until just before kickoff, we'll get your lineup set. Apple Podcast questions, if you want them read on Friday, please submit them ASAP because uh, it just takes a while for them to, to show up for me and, yeah, in, the, in what I need to use to read them. So anyway, would appreciate it. It might, it might be too late, but I don't think so. But try to get them in. Submit them on Tuesday. I should be able to see them by Friday. Uh, all right, favorite sell high. Heath, uh, you, you're going to say Ayuk? Yeah, I was going to say Ayuk. I don't think it's going to be consistent that he is the clear number one in this pass offense on a week-to-week basis. And so I still view him as a number three wide receiver who has big-time upside on a weekly basis, but will also have some weeks where he sees four targets. Uh, does anybody... Man, there was so much buzz about Ayuk. That I, I'm wondering if he's just going to have a big breakout season. I don't want to miss that. You call him a number three receiver? Yeah, in that 25 to 30 range. Anybody buying into it? Because I, I thought Purdy was terrific and kind of buying into Purdy. Um, I I buy into it to a certain extent. I don't think he's going to do obviously that. that that's, you know, unrealistic. Yeah. But to Heath's point, you know, th- this may be the, you know, Kittle... Debo week, you know, I mean, they, 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 they can really do what they want. I know it's, that sounds, you know, funny to say because, you know, the, the other team on the other side is going to try and stop them, but they have so many options. And when he's on, you know, I know like you, you hear the, the Joe Montana comparisons, uh, somewhat facetiously, but you know, he, he's a very efficient quarterback and he runs the system very well. And, you know, is, is it okay? We're just going to, Pepper Debo this week. We're going to, you know, get Kittle going this week, you know? And so there'll be some weeks, like he said, where he only has four targets, but that could still be a, a, a three for 75 day. And you're like, okay, I'll take those as the floor. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would sell high on, on Ayuk if you could turn him into something, you know, pretty fantastic. Right. That's two things that Jamie said that you should take away from this. Number one, the, the high part of sell high. I don't think anybody here is saying to trade him away and this is the best he's ever going to be. And and I don't know if there's ever going to be a matchup where we look at Brandon and you can say, eh, no, I'm not going to start him because he's got that built-in upside to beat any defense. He just went into Pittsburgh and beat up the Steelers in week one when they were at their healthiest, at least to start the game, they were at their healthiest. Number two, Jamie mentioned the system and Purdy's good at running the system. It's an excellent system. It is really, really good. And so if, if Purdy's continuing to run it, I have no problem calling Brandon Ayuk a number two receiver moving forward. I have him ranked that way in the trade chart. It's a low-end number two receiver because there will be some bad weeks, and you've got to worry about that. But he's so explosive, and one of three people in this offense in San Francisco that can take a pass to the house at any given time. That's dangerous. That's awesome. Those are the types of players that you want to start in fantasy because they'll give you huge weeks like Ayuk just gave you. So if you are going to sell high on him, Make sure you are selling high on him. You're getting something in trade that you think is really going to help you and give you at least some consistency on your fantasy roster for the rest of the way. 
And I, like, and I think but, like I don't want to I don't want to discount what Brock Purdy did or has done. It's remarkable, and he was he was very good on Sunday. But still, like we're talking about a pie that is about 220 yards. I mean, it's a big pie, but it's not a very oh, big that's, pie that's in a terms big, of a yeah. passing offense. Yeah. He's been over 234 yeah. yards once, yeah. and he's been really, really good. Mm-hmm. He throws two touchdown passes every week. Most weeks, other guys are going to get a bigger share of that pie. Like That's not a big enough – I just don't think it's a big enough pie. Right. That's the, that's right. the, that's the, the problem. We, we, we've, we said this all along. It's, there's going to be weeks when they're all healthy that – like McCaffrey's the one constant. You can say, okay, he's going to get his touches, his opportunities. So, and I would say, Dave, there's four guys that could take it the house because you factor him in as well. Um, you factor who in? McCaffrey. McCaffrey and the three pass catchers. Like they all. Yeah. So I didn't factor in Kittle. Yeah, I, I would. Um, they, they, there's like I said, there's going to be weeks where it's you know Kyle Shanahan's like you know we haven't gotten you know Kittle going enough. Let's let's make this sure. a kill game. Right. I just, I don't know how many wide receivers there are that we think are going to be good every single week. I, I mean, well, th- so like I, I, I'm, just, I'm just thinking of, of some names, like are you trading Brandon Ayuk for Drake London at this point? The answer is no, no way. Oh, no are way. Are you trading no. Brandon Ayuk for DeAndre Hopkins at this point? No, I, nope. I would rather have Hopkins. Yeah, for sure. I'll take Ayuk. Okay. So see, there's, there's a yeah. great example, you know, so you didn't have a rank that way, right? <laughs> No, before the season, I did not have it ranked that way. Right. So again, there, there's one week of of information that's changed for Dave. Like I would probably still take Hopkins because I expect him to to be better over the course of the season. Would you trade Ayuk for Amari Cooper? That's close. They're close. I do have Cooper ahead of Ayuk in the trade chart. So again, yeah, I'd still with our Cooper. It, it's one game, you know, and so Ayuk may disappear for two games because, okay, now the Rams are going to try and take him away and make make Debo win, and the 49ers are going to make Debo more of a priority because Kyle Shanahan doesn't want any pictures sent to him of, of Debo Samuel shirtless, you know, so th- those things matter. So we'll see. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Do you think you could turn Ayuk and another player into Devonte Adams? And would you want to do that? It, it obviously depends on the other yes. player, but like a, a low on Zach Charbonnet, if you could turn Ayuk and Charbonnet into Devonte Adams, I'm not Adams, giving up Devonte Adams for that. Yeah. I 100% I would do that though. And I, I, I wonder like how close can you get to T Higgins right now? Oh yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've seen, right I've seen a few. Would you trade Ayuk for Higgins? And the answer is an easy yes, right? Yep. I would have Higgins. Yeah. Higgins. I mean, look, I think, I think from everything you've heard, we could just buy a low on the Bengals passing game. None, none of us are panicked about the uh, Bengals passing game. Uh, um, all right. Uh, Dave, who's your favorite? So high. Hit the scary music, Adam. Oh no. Um. Wait. Hit it. I can't. Pit man. He's not scoring thirty-nine yard screen touchdowns every week. I I think he's got reasonable value in PPR. I think he can get you twelve PPR points a week, maybe eleven. But I I don't think that he's going to be anywhere close to where he was in week one. And he might even have a good week too. He plays Houston. But I, I just don't see him as being a difference maker in fantasy over the course of the season. And if you can sell high on that stat line, I think you should. Jamie, who's your favorite sell high? It's the guy everybody's picking up off waivers. Puka. Puka. Ooh. Pick him up and sell him. I like it. I don't think I brought this up yesterday, but just the fact that he had over 100 yards and 15 targets in the first game of his career, does that mean that he's... Potentially a special player. It absolutely means that, but there's also a big thing looming that's you know, potentially coming back as well. You know, he's not doing that with Cooper Cup on the field. So, if you buy into Cup coming back, and you at this point have to assume he's going to play, then you should be trying to sell Puka. I mean, it, yeah. it was you know, I I obviously stay up a little bit later than you guys, so I see when waivers run. And in one of my leagues, waivers ran. Puka was added. Puka was immediately put on a trade block and said, "Here, come get him." You know, so it it's it's the smart thing to do if you could turn Puka into T. Higgins or Garrett Wilson or any of these studs that were you know people are panicked right. about. I don't think that's necessarily realistic. No, you're gonna have people, to throw something in. People are gonna try. <laughs> you know, so it's sure. uh it's 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 how you win in fantasy. You know, you take some of these guys. Adam, you said it yesterday. How many of these guys are gonna be fooled? You guys, you know, I don't think he is. But I also don't think that this is certainly sustainable if Cooper Cup comes back. 
And, right. and I think you could, could maybe turn Puka into DJ Moore in some leagues. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's possible. I, I will say, like what you said, and we talked about this yesterday on FFT Dynasty, Adam, that like that with Puka and with Zay, <clears throat> two rookie wide receivers with a 40% target share in their very first game. I'm just a little more likely to elevate and buy it from the first round pick. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like if you have his production profile and you get drafted in round one and then you do that in week one, and they both have somebody pretty huge coming back. But I just I buy that Zay's gonna hold on to more of that than Puka. You might be able to turn Puka into a lot in Dynasty redraft, whatever, into JSN, Jordan Addison, you know, and, and in redraft, it it would be it would probably take a package to get it done. But Dynasty, you might be able to pull it off. <laughs> it might it might be tricky, but you might be able to pull it off. All right, we have to take a break. We're going to um, talk about, uh, we got some news and notes to update you on. Jets quarterback situation, Austin Eckler. And uh, we got Minnesota-Philadelphia. We have to preview the Thursday night game, which one of the big storylines in that game is all the injuries that those two teams took on in week one. Not necessarily the skill position players, but impactful players nonetheless. I tried to make a trade with Thomas Schaefer yesterday. He turned it down. I think it was a good trade. I was offering him in a super flex league where he lost uh, Aaron Rodgers. I offered him Russell Wilson and Baker Mayfield for Josh Allen, and he turned it down. So... I was trying to give him two quarterbacks. Uh, you know, he's he's thin. He's thin. Uh, but all right, that may be my first Azer trade. just an Azer <laughs> All right. Well, we, oh, uh, I have a couple of new sound bites I wanted to debut. I wanted to know which one you guys thought was better. We have the full one. Give me a break, <laughs> loser, or just loser. So we'll see which ones to throw in there <laughs> throughout the year. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. All right, the craziest fab bid you saw this morning, Dave, in your FFT Open division. What happened? So let's see. Opening it now. First of all, nobody went for less than 7% of budget. Uh, Brock Purdy went for 11%. Uh, The craziest one. Come on, the craziest one. Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell went for 80%. 80 In the FFT Open. Yikes. That is 12 teams... Two running backs, two receivers, one flex, half uh, full PPR. Kenneth Gainwell, eighty uh, yep. percent. Jamie Puka went for twenty-five. Crazy, and he went for twenty-seven in my FFT Open Division. Puka Nakua, and these are hundred-dollar budgets. Jamie, craziest fab bid you saw this morning? Uh, in our dynasty league, it's a thousand-dollar budget, and it's fourteen teams, so obviously very thin on the waiver wire. Justice Hill went for six hundred dollars. Oh wow! To our former colleague Nick Costas. Oh, Nick. Oh, boy. <laughs> Again, finding players there is not easy. So if you believe in Justice Hill being the guy for the Ravens, then you spend for him. And Nick is Nick was the highest scoring team in week one. He's a, he's a true contender this year. He had more than me? I thought he did. I, I thought it was him, then you, then me. Maybe. Or was it you, then him, then me? He was top three. Okay. Heath, craziest fab bid you saw? Um, I think it was probably Puka at 55% in our auction league. Um, and he might be really good, but I, 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 I could see him justifying 55% for the next three weeks. I have a hard time unless Cooper Cup just can't get healthy seeing him justifying it all year. Allen Robinson went for $28 out of 100 in our 14-team podcast league. Uh, I felt like I looked at the, the fab reports this week, and it was almost like being in an auction or salary cap draft. And letting all the people get their money out of the way early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yep. and save it. I, I do think it's it's not that far-fetched that Allen Robinson's a starter this week. Right, but $28? I mean, a lot. I feel like he was like a $5 player. But all right, speaking of which, we have an update on Deontay Johnson, actually. We'll get to that in a second. Now, the Jets, we know they don't have Aaron Rodgers. They said Zach Wilson's going to be their guy. But are we considering the possibility that they might sign a Carson Wentz? I saw Joe Flacco's name floated around um, somebody that could benefit Garrett Wilson or it could be relevant in a two quarterback league. Dave, what's your thought on, on the jets quarterback situation? Please. I I almost think you have to hope for it. If you've got Garrett Wilson on your team, because no one's going to give you what you think Garrett Wilson was worth before the season started in trade. And you, you, we all remember what Garrett Wilson did when it wasn't Zach Wilson at quarterback last year, over 17 PPR points per game. We're going to get at least four games of Zach Wilson at quarterback for the Jets. And if he if he does well enough to keep them at 500 in those games, they're going to keep him in there. They've got something invested in him. They think he's gotten better uh, this summer. 
I, I didn't think he was. He made a couple of nice throws. I mean, literally two nice throws against Buffalo, but everything else was kind of sloppy. And yeah, sure. Garrett Wilson still had a good game despite it, but I, I don't know how often it'll be there. And certainly there's, there's no ceiling with Garrett Wilson. Like there used to be. Let's see who they sign. Let's see what they do. If they don't sign anybody that moves the needle. And I don't know if there's really anybody out there that would move the needle, so to speak. Uh, then you're probably looking at a low end number two wide receiver and Garrett Wilson for the rest of the year. There's, there's one guy he's, he's an owner right now, but there's one guy. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Brady. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they're going to get him. I'll do another. I, I, I mean, look, they're going to bring somebody in because they need to fill their quarterback room up yeah. a little bit. But it's just a matter of like they've said: is it is it somebody that's significant? So you just should assume it's Zach Wilson, and and he he will be better than he was last year. You know, I mean, oh. let's not forget he's he's been injured each of the first two seasons. So anytime like he may have started to get some momentum, whatever you want to consider that to be, it was derailed. Okay. So Austin Eckler, Jamie, you spoke to him yesterday. I did. And what did he tell you about his status for this week at Tennessee? You know, I mean, he didn't want to obviously, you know, go into full detail about what the ankle injury is, but he did sort of indicate he's going to attempt to play and he's played through ankle injuries before he did talk about that. So, you know, hopefully he's out there. I'm, I'm going to guess we don't see him in practice, you know, Wednesday and Thursday. We'll see if he does anything on Friday, but the fact that he's, you know, he's doing some media stuff for the, FedEx um, uh, air and ground player of the week. I forget what they call it um, through NFL.com. And so anytime you have players that usually speak to the media when they're dealing with an injury, it's a good sign. So he also talked about, you know, um, Joshua Kelly and, you know, having a lot of faith in, in him and being impressed with what he did. So I, I hope that, you know, Austin Eckler's out there, but you should absolutely be adding Joshua Kelly as a, as a potential fill in. And he would be a number two running back at worst if Eckler's out. Did he say anything about the receivers, Jamie? His own receivers? No, they are on the Chargers. No, he did not. Okay. All right, Deontay Johnson is expected to miss up to four weeks with his hamstring injury. Um, defensive tackle Cameron Hayward could miss up to eight weeks, I saw. Uh, also, defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi is banged up for the Steelers. And, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't have their schedule in front of me. The only team. I do. What, who do they play this week? The Cleveland. Oh, Monday. We have two Monday night games this we week. We do. They're right. one of the Monday night games. Uh, the other one is Saints at Carolina. Mm -hmm. So I, I hope the Steelers game is going to be the better game. Uh, after Cleveland, the Steelers are at Las Vegas, at Houston, and then Baltimore at home. So maybe a shot to build some momentum after week two. Okay. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell I did not practice. They got the Thursday game. Heath, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I, I think this game against the Browns is like a 50-50 game. They could absolutely be one and one. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I don't. Oh, I'm, I don't think the Browns are necessarily better than them. I, I think their defense. I think the Browns' defense is very good. So I'm, I'm not ready to say it's a fifty-fifty game. It wouldn't surprise me if the Steelers gathered themselves and went out there and found a way to beat Cleveland. But without Cameron Hayward and with the offensive line looking like it did, it's not. I don't think I can't say it's. And without Deontay Johnson, I think Dave meant uh, offensive sure. no momentum, either. right? Like getting going offensively. Uh, Okay, so anyway, Kenneth Gainwell did not practice. DeAndre Swift, 96% rostered. I don't know if, how many people dropped him, but Rashad Penny is 78% rostered. They have the Thursday night game, which we're about to preview against Minnesota. So we'll keep an eye on the running back situation there. Philadelphia linebacker N'Kobe Dean is on IR. It's just so, it's not funny, but it's just almost ironic. I mean, this team stayed so healthy last year. Uh, you know, obviously Hurts had the injury, but they stayed so healthy. Their offensive line and their defense um, but already James Bradbury's in the concussion protocol and the Kobe Dean is on IR. And I honestly don't know who, but keep in keep an eye on who's going to start at inside linebacker for them because that's a lot of tackles. That's an IDP potential pickup there for the Eagles. So did Zach Cunningham start last week? I am not sure. I mean, obviously they have two inside linebackers, right? One of them was right. Dean. So I don't, I don't know. Was Dean the middle linebacker or the weak side? Uh, he probably in the middle. Okay. Well, I would imagine Cunningham will move to the middle, and then they'll have either Nick Morrow or a guy named Christian Ellis. Okay, on the weak side. So I don't, I don't think that drop off is is significant. We'll see if Bradbury doesn't play. That's a big target on the other side of the field. It's former Alabama cornerback Josh Job. I think is how you pronounce his last name. Uh, and Reed Blankenship, their starting safety, is injured too. So we'll talk about all that in a moment. That's a problem. He was good in week one. Seattle signed offensive tackle Jason Peters. He is 41 or 42 years old. 
and just should give you an indication they're concerned about their starting tackles who are both hurt. Giants left tackle Andrew Thomas does not have a serious hamstring injury, but he could miss time. They are at Arizona, and then they will get destroyed by the 49ers in week three. Carolina cornerback J.C. Horn is out multiple weeks. Cincinnati released offensive tackle Lyle Collins. Maybe he gets a look for some of these teams. Evan Hull, Colts rookie running back, he's on IR. Hopefully Zach Moss back this week. Former Bears running back Tariq Cohen is joining the Panthers practice squad. Does this matter, Tariq Cohen? That's a great story. I'm happy for him. Me too. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter. And a very sad news about uh, former Tampa Bay wide receiver Mike Williams. Uh, he died at age 36. So sad. Had a great career, five years in the league, and in two of them, he had more than 950 yards, and he had nine or more touchdowns. So, so sorry to see it, and our thoughts to the friends and family of Mike Williams. The form, not Mike Williams of the Chargers, the former Bucks wide receiver, Mike Williams. Um, Syracuse, right? Yeah. Syracuse, yeah. Mm, oh, Dave, got Thursday what? night football coming up. Nah, 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 nah. Uh, <laughs> everybody's hurt. Eagles uh, have some problems. Do I have that? Minnesota's at Philadelphia for the second week, second year in a row. Minnesota is at Philadelphia in week two. Schaefer, we're going to get a different result this year because last year it was 24 7 Eagles. He's saying, no, we're not going to get a different result. No, we're going to (laughs) lose. So the, the, Vikings could be without starting center Garrett Bradbury and I and Christian Darrisaw, their left tackle was limited. Yeah. The Eagles have all those injuries. They got Gainwell, they got Blankenship, they got Bradbury. Fletcher Cox was limited in practice as well. Yeah. So you know, Jamie, how are we looking at this uh, this matchup here? I guess for the Vikings specifically, because Kirk Cousins, if there's a stat of the game, it's that last year he was super matchup dependent. You know, he barely ever had a good game against um, good good matchups. He had, let's see, he scored more than 20 fantasy points against a top 12 opponent only once in seven tries. But is that is this a tough matchup for Kirk Cousins, starter set? Uh, what day is the game on? <laughs> is that still a thing? Or did he fix that? It, I don't know yeah. if it's the day of the game. I think it's the time of the it's game. The well, that was getting there. Um, it's also on the road. So he hasn't exactly been great in these situations. So uh, he's not a top 12 quarterback for me. Um, but I think if you have Kirk Cousins, you're still probably not making a waiver move. Like I'm not starting Brock Purdy or Jordan Love over him this week. So, you know, just have to hope that he gets some better protection because he was beat up. I mean, just, you know, a continuation of, of last year, just him taking shot after shot after shot. And, you know, that was against a lesser opponent, in my opinion. So we'll find out how healthy the Eagles are. I, I think some of these, you know, practice designations aren't necessarily in the, indicating who's going to be in, who's going to be out outside of maybe Bradbury because of the concussion. And, you know, Nicobe Dean's not going to be there. But in terms of, um, you know, Fletcher Cox, for example, I, I think he'll play. But it's uh, it's it's a little daunting, especially if his offensive line is not at full strength. So uh, you're starting Jefferson. I think Addison is going to be what he is until he breaks out, uh, you know, borderline number three receiver in three receiver leagues. And you're starting Madison. Are you starting Madison? Is that yes. a, Okay, well, why? Uh, he, you know... I, I, okay, I, let me tell you. Let me tell you why you could sit Madison. You go back to last year, the splits for Dalvin Cook, the amount of carries he had in wins versus the amount of carries he had in losses, pretty big difference. If we think they're going to lose, there might not be that many carries for him. Madison looks like one of those volume guys. Probably not a great running back. Probably not going to break off a big run. Eagles' run defense was so good last week against Ramondre Stevenson and the Patriots. Um, so I think Heath. I think that's at least the case to make against. Alexander Madison. Yeah, I've got him just outside of my top 24 right now. So I don't know if people will have two running backs who are better, but it was a a very, a very bad start to the season. I mean, he caught that that short receiving touchdown, which was fantastic, but the rushing efficiency was terrible. And this team, we talked about it all offseason, how pass heavy they're going to be. And they're going to throw even more now because they're going to lose. Well, there probably going to be very many games where they're a touchdown underdog or more. And I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if Kirk Cousins throws it 45 times in this game. I wouldn't be surprised by that either. So here's a question. Do the Vikings kind of take a tip from the Patriots and use their running backs in the passing game like the Patriots just did? <laughs> Stevenson had six targets and six catches. They don't change who they are. 
the, the Patriots I, don't have don't Justin Jefferson so, or Jordan like, Addison or TJ Hawkinson. For the running backs. We this is a change for the Patriots. Throwing well, this, 50, they had they a new coordinator. Philadelphia. I wonder if that ends up being the same thing. And Madison ends up with four or five catches, and that helps him survive. Well, I mean, he had three catches last hard. week, and he didn't do great with them. He didn't do great with anything. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, right. Jamie, is he in your top 24? Yeah, but it's by default. I mean, this is, it's as Heath said, it's hard to find a lot of great running backs. All right, He's well, in mind for now. Who's the who's the best running back in this game? Lay it oh, out. Gainwell, with, if he starts. Yeah, I have Madison the highest. And what and if, if Gainwell's and out? If Gainwell's out, then Swift is better. You you think Swift? You think I, I could? I'd be concerned that Penny. I mean, I would start Swift. I have Swift in several leagues, and I'd be more interested in starting him. But I, my concern would be that he kind of stays in a passing downs role and and Penny gets more work on first and second down and then we all hate he, he absolutely might but I think after what Nick Sirianni said this weekend and the fact that they made Penny inactive I would be surprised if even Boston Scott might have a bigger role than Penny would you guys start a Jets running back over against the Cowboys over Madison no I am not but I will say we got a tweet about this earlier as well and I'm um, I obviously whiffed on Jamal Williams in terms of he didn't get into the end zone last week. Go right but, back to him. Yeah, he's he's going against Carolina. He and Madison might have the exact same efficiency, probably the similar target profile, and it's a better matchup for Jamal Williams. So I'd rather start Jamal Williams than Madison. I agree. How about Raheem Mostert at New England or Madison? Uh, Mostert. Madison. Oh, I've got, I think I've got them really close. Um, I'll go Mostert. How about Mostert or Gainwell? Gainwell. I believe I have Gainwell higher. All right, how about, Certainly in PPR. How about Addison over the, uh, all right, because like we look at this game and we have three must-start wide receivers, obviously, but Addison is in a different category. He only played about 55% of the snaps in week one, I think. He did mm-hmm. catch a deep ball for a touchdown. He had a very high average route depth, as I recall. Um, well, that's because he had a 39-yard touchdown. Well, no, I mean, that's route depth, not dot. So he had, yeah, a 10.85-yard route depth, which was the highest on the team. Okay, okay. So the Eagles did not give up a lot of big pass plays last year, but I will say the Eagles' pass defense was not the same last year without C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who is with the Lions now. And maybe it wasn't the same last week, you know? I mean, they th- the Eagles, uh, the Patriots threw so many times, but... Uh, anyway, yeah, I, Addison's another. Like he and Madison are both kind of flexy, right? I and mean, who's who's better? I take Addison in PPR. Yep, I think there's a better floor with Madison, but yeah, there's more upside with Addison. Here's your stat of the game, number two. Uh, in 2021 and 2022, Dallas Goddard uh, had fewer than 30 receiving yards in eight games. He followed each of those eight games up with 60 or more yards in his next game. So, <laughs> which tight end do you like better? We'll start them both, but who do you like better, Hawkinson or Goddard? Hawkinson. Hawkinson by one spot. They're both top five, Hawkinson ahead of Goddard. But the coaches have already talked about how they, they need to get Goddard going. Wouldn't surprise me if he had a first-half touchdown. He, the, the last time he had a game where he actually played and had zero yards uh, <laughs> was back in 2021 against the Giants. The next week, he had the best game of his life. Uh, two touchdowns, mo- monster, monster game. So my, I don't know if the wheel's squeaking, Jamie, but uh, <laughs> zero yards. I don't playing. know. There was, there was an RPO play where Hertz handed off to, I think it was Swift, and Goddard was running free. Like the, the Patriots sent the house. And if Hertz had seen it, that would have been an easy touchdown for Goddard. And Goddard's like jumping around like an angry child at the mall because he didn't get you know, whatever he wanted at the mall. <laughs> he didn't get what he wanted. So I, I think that you look at Goddard and say, you go right back to him and you start him. Uh, I I have him way too, I feel like I have him low and I've got him at four. All right, so this is why you have to watch the live stream on Thursday night because we'll know which running backs are in and which ones running backs are out. But the last question, I think the last question for this game is uh, if Gainwell is out, how high would you rank DeAndre Swift? Flex. Right where Gainwell is, top 20. I would be lower than that. Um, I'm not so worried about Rashad Penny, but I wouldn't be surprised if Boston Scott gets more touches than he did it's last not week. Be they, love their, they love their guys. Um, yeah. I would I would go Swift over Madison, but not quite top 20. 
And the Eagles DST, last I checked, was third for Heath, sixth for Jamie, ninth for Dave. You don't have to get away from them. Um, and Dave, that would be the end of Thursday Night Football. Nah, 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 nah. Nah. And I just made a trade. It's Wednesday. I made a trade with Thomas Schaefer. This oh, is sorry, why Thomas. this is why I draft four quarterbacks in Superflex leagues. I traded Baker Mayfield for DJ Moore. Wow. To the Aaron Rodgers manager. Nah. Don't ever <laughs> say those two names in the same sentence again, please. <laughs> I mean, talk to Schaefer. On poor Thomas. Say, talk to Schaefer about it. He's right here. You can come on, Thomas. Schaefer. No, not good. <laughs> um, Baker, it might be Baker fine. Had 19 points. I don't think. Baker had 19 points. I don't think DJ Moore is ever going to have that this season. <laughs> no, but DJ Moore might play more games than Baker. I think it was an okay trade, Thomas. I mean, I don't have a second quarterback. It's it's possible that he gets benched for Kyle Trask, go Gators. At some point. <laughs> Not anytime soon. Schaefer's really funny. He, he barely talks, but his jokes, his comedy per sentence is, uh, is, is really like very super high. Tar- like a target per route run specialist. Um, let's see. We got uh, more trade talk to get to. We got grade the trade. I got your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. I did want to talk about buy high, right? We always do buy low, sell high, but what about buy high? Do you guys have favorite buy high? So they had good week ones and we're just buying it. Do we have that? Like yeah, Calvin Ridley? What'd you say? Tua. Who'd you say, Jamie? I said you get the munchies after that. Um, oh, God. Uh, Not me. <laughs> Tua. was a good one. Calvin Ridley, right? Does Richardson qualify? Oh, yeah, we should talk about him. How do you guys feel about him? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, the floor is yours. You, Adam, you have the floor. <laughs> no, I already did this twice, two or three times at this point. I've talked about him. So. No, it's not getting old yet. <laughs> you, don't, you don't declare victory or defeat after one week, first of all. Uh, oh, no, I, I completely disagree with that. Every opportunity that you have to claim victory, you should do it. This this life's too short. This game's oh, too short. Claim know. victory. Don't take defeat, though. Um, <laughs> well, I no, can't I claim think- victory. <laughs> Uh, go ahead. What were you going to say about Richardson? I I think he's a top 12 quarterback rest of season who's probably going to have a couple of ugly games. I was really impressed by the way that he handled the pocket. Um, he made more correct choices and got through his reads much better than I thought week one. He's going to get better at those things. And he had 10 rush attempts without that many scrambles. So like, Sky's the limit. He's going to have weeks this season. I said weeks, multiple, where he's the number one quarterback in fantasy. Hmm. I got to say, I, I'm not going to lie. I was not happy when he got hurt. I swear, like that would not make me happy at all. But of course not. Was super nervous when they were. You know, he was at the one yard line in the final minute of the game. And the fact that they, he didn't score the touchdown definitely brought a smile to my face. Because if he had had a twenty-eight point game, it would have been it would have been a bad, bad uh, look for me. Uh, but he was super close to having a huge game. He really was. Here's a question for Richardson, I guess, because I, my you know I'm going to watch him every week, and every week I'm going to get destroyed when he has a good game. So I'm going to be rooting against him, you know, for my mental health. Um, when when they get near the goal line. He's going to be responsible in one way or another for almost every touchdown they score for now. But what? That's very in, interesting for a quarterback. No, but no, because if he he's not, I don't think he's going to hand off to Zach Moss that much. But he might be handing off to Jonathan Taylor. That's my what my second question was: Does Jonathan Taylor help or hurt Anthony Richardson if and when he comes back? I mean, did you see who was playing around him? Yeah. Of course, he helps. A well, lot. you could say that he that he that Richardson is. Is less likely to score rushing. Those, those RPOs are going to be so much more trickier to defend when it's not Deion Jackson and Evan Hull. And did Jake Funk play, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. He did. He even yeah. had a target Jake and a Funk. catch. You know, I mean, there, there's a big difference. You mean Jake? That's pretty funky, um, right? Uh, it, def- it definitely helps. Yeah, I like, like that, that sentiment, though, that a quarterback is going to be responsible for a lot of the touchdowns. No, I didn't say that. I said almost every touchdown. It's like Josh Allen. What you hate for a quarterback is when he hands off to the running back and the running back scores the touchdown. That's the thing with Richardson is right now, 
he's going to either run it in or throw it most of the time. I don't think he's going to hand off to Zach Moss that often. So, you know, I, I want to go back to one thing you said, though, because okay. like you've you've watched Anthony Richardson's game from week one. I watched every th- every throw he made, every drop back. Right. And it wasn't it wasn't great. But was he better as a passer than you expected in his first NFL game? Yeah, and he was a much more willing passer. But I will say, and, that and you was, agree that he's going to probably get better throughout the year. Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't challenge downfield at all. I, I don't. Right. There was not one wow. downfield throw. It was very conservative. So, uh, why do you have to? Why do you have true. to cheer was, against him for your mental health? Why not just say he was better than I thought he was as a passer? I'm not anti Anthony Richardson anymore. I'm on board. I because you know how it is. You remember the DJ Moore stuff? Was that fun? Every week, people tearing you apart. You don't have to do it every week. I'm not going to just. I'm not going to just, just flip tur- like that. I still think he's going to be really because this is the same guy. I know it was the preseason. This is the same guy who was six of seventeen in the first half against the backups for the Eagles. There are going to be weeks where he struggles without question. So, uh, you know, like, he's still going to be inconsistent. And by the way, what was my my official stance? Yes, I said he was going to be hot garbage, but I also said many times that you wouldn't know when to start him. So one good game, 21% started. So, so far, we didn't know when to start him. He was also drafted as as the 16th quarterback. It doesn't so many, matter. We not, didn't start him. So Yeah, but but that's because where people were drafting him. Mo- I bet if you go back and look at where most people were drafting their players, they played their starting lineup in week one. Whatever it is, he wasn't started from, by most people in week one. Most, most I, of those points were on the bench. He'll be started in more leagues this week. It's a, kind of a sneaky, tough matchup against the Texans. And let's see what happens. We'll I just happens. think, though, for, for what Heath was saying, like, you can, it's not changing your your take. You could still think that you thought, you could still say you thought going into the season he was going to be hot garbage, but now you've seen it for one game, and okay, you'll soften your stance, and then yeah. by week three or four, you could say, okay, I made a mistake. Yeah, like, I, 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 look, I was saying don't draft Reese Hall until round five. That looks silly oh, <laughs> right now. <laughs> you ha- you can't be stubborn. You can't you can't be so right. But that's what tape. it sounds like. It sounds like you're being stubborn no, about it, how you feel about Richardson. I'm not. Be- no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for it to come off that way. I just don't want right. to get killed every single week by everybody by all of the listeners of yours. But, but if you accept it, now. I don't accept it yet. I'm not there yet. I am not there that he is just all of a sudden a must start quarterback. I think. Would you like to hear a stat that might Nobody help that. you out with Richardson? It might make you feel emboldened about your how you felt about him before the season sure. started. He had 10 throws of 11-plus air yards against Jacksonville. Three of 10 on those throws for 50 yards. It's still the one area where he needs to improve is attacking downfield. All these screens and slants off of off of the RPO stuff, that, that stuff he can do, and that stuff's easy. <laughs> That's why I wasn't concerned about his terrible completion rate in the preseason because he can have a good completion rate just throwing short stuff. But that longer stuff, that's when I think you could start to see issues from him. And it makes me wonder, when he's in these games where he's trailing late, is he going to start delivering a couple of negative points with interceptions? Yeah, he did. Then then big, you know, points in the late fourth quarter because of a rushing touchdown or because he completes a 40-yard pass to to Pierce or to Pittman or somebody like that. I don't think it's going to happen as much. You've got to count on him continuing to score those rushing touchdowns, which could be a problem when Jonathan Taylor comes back. If Jonathan Taylor comes back, yeah. I, I don't mind buying high on him and hoping that he just continues to just improve as a passer and get even more work as a runner. But there's some downside that's still there for Richardson. I okay. don't go crazy buying high on him. Don't give up Justin Fields for Anthony Richardson. For it's also point. game one. A lot of it is scripted. Now it's how much is he going to be able to process the game plan for week two and execute it? And this is what you see with rookie quarterbacks all the time. You know, so if they come out and they play well, can they do it again? All right, we have, let's take another break here. When we come back, we have your suggestions from Twitter. Buy low or heck no, sell high or Heath sigh. And we'll be right back. And we have some grade the trade to finish the show as well uh, on fantasy football today. All right, buy low or heck no. How about just in general, the Seahawks passing game with two injured tackles? Buy low or heck no on the Seahawks passing game? Buy low. I'd buy low on the receivers. I'm a little bit nervous about Gino. Yeah, I wrote about that yesterday. It's it's just like all these other quarterbacks that were not good. We had a lot, lot a lot, lot more information to think they were going to be good. Gino had a career year at 32, and now the offensive line looks awful. Um, I'm a little worried about Gino. 
Buy low or heck no on rookie wide receivers. I don't think Flowers would qualify there. But <laughs> it depends on the receiver. I guess it's really would Addison just, qualify? Add, just, just No, I, this is a Jackson Smith and Jigba and question, and Quentin, we just answered it. Yeah, I guess it's stupid. Quentin Johnston, we're not really buying him. No. Uh, but but you knew what the situation was with Johnston. You knew he had to probably have an injury in front of him to be relevant. By lower heck no on the Atlanta passing game, which we I know we talked about earlier, but just sum it up. By lower heck no. I would buy low on Pitts. I'm not ready to say heck no on Drake, but I would buy low on Pitts. Just right. Like if the only options are literally buy low or heck no, then I'll say heck no. But it's it's one of those situations where I still want to hold on to Drake London. I, and they're like they they threw 18 passes in this game. They're going to throw at average at least 10 more passes per game the rest of the season. I think by low on Pitts, London and Quinton Johnston, I think are two guys that the by low is probably add them when someone spite drops them. Yeah, and I've seen Keith, a number of those. Keith, how, how are you feeling dynasty-wise about the Falcons knowing that they may be too good to get a quarterback and this may be the problem for next couple we, years? We, we also talked about that yesterday. It's like the worst thing that can happen in dynasty is to have a first round pick like London or Pitts on a team like this. And they win. Anyone who's rostering those guys should be cheering like heck against the Falcons every single week. Yep. <laughs> well, look, I said green Bay, Detroit, Jacksonville are their next three opponents. I expect at least two of those teams to score a lot. of. Points. I'm just not so sure this green Bay Atlanta game is fascinating to me this week. Yeah, yep. the other two, I feel more confident in yeah. the, them scoring the point. The other mm-hmm. opponent. Uh, from Joe, I bought low on... After Christ- that, though, it's not that pretty. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, I bought low on Christian Kirk last night. I got Christian Kirk for Gabe Davis. Was that a win? Feels even. Yeah, I, w- I was about to say the same thing, yeah. I'm kind of buying low on Gabe Davis, too. So yep. I think I'd, I'd still rather have Kirk, but... Uh, yeah, I would rather have Kirk, too. From Fint... Javante Williams, buy low or heck no? Buy low, for sure. Yeah. I'm just worried that this is what you're going to get each week from him, though. He's pretty even split with Samaj P. Ryan. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the, the, the sentiment, though, is buy low. So if you're getting him cheap, then you're doing it the right way. I don't have a great feel for his value. I don't have a great feel for how people feel about Javante Williams. I don't know if they're encouraged or not. <laughs> I, mean, I was very encouraged by week one. He's the first name out of my top 24 among running backs in the trade chart. Okay. I would, yeah, I'd buy at that cost. Oh, would you okay. trade, would you give up Rashad White for him? I'd rather have Javante. I'd would rather you give up Brian Robinson for him? I'd rather have Javante. I'd rather have Javante. I've got White <laughs> ahead of Javante for now. Um, yeah, okay. Would you give up, uh, would you trade Javante Williams for Baker Mayfield? Because Schaefer probably would. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will. I, you, you might be able to turn Mike Evans into Javante Williams, need a running back. Okay. Uh, from Pashi, buy low or heck no on Ken Walker. I like Walker better than Javante. I do too. Uh, I would buy low on him. Yeah, if you can. Yeah, again, that's another guy who I was encouraged, but I, I guess it's. We're talking about the production versus the the usage, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, usage was good. Production not so good. Four catches, right, Heath? Yeah, I mean, I, you question when you turn those into six yards, how often that's going to happen again? But yeah, what happens if Geno turns into a pumpkin? Then they rely on their running backs more. Yeah, but they also have they're down two left two tackles right now. I, that they're not season ending injuries, but it's not good. I mean. That's going to affect the run game too, uh, yeah. But and the other question, I really look if he, if the roles stay the same, then great. But we didn't see goal line work for them, I don't think. So we don't know what they're going to do there. But um, isn't Charbonnet myself. isn't Charbonnet going to get more work? You know, it was week so. one, right? So we shouldn't just assume it's going to be this type of split. I need to correct myself. Okay, uh, Ken Walker had five targets, four catches, three yards. Do we have all the splits? I think I do. I mean. Shoot, I well, I know he was off the field in the two minute drill and in the four minute drill. Okay, yeah. that was actually DJ Dallas, I think, more than it was mm-hmm. Charbonnet. I think so too. Um, Charbonnet only played 24% of the snaps, he played the lone snap Seattle had inside the 10. You want to talk about a disturbing trend? They were not inside the 10 very often last year, yeah, and they only had one snap against the Rams this year. Charbonnet had it. 
Uh, Walker, five of nine snaps on third and fourth down. And he played 65% of the snaps. So the usage that Heath was talking about, that's good. Okay. Uh, sell high or Heath sigh. I got to get a good... For some... I mean, it's just for rhyming purposes, but Heath sigh means no, do not sell high. Almost like we're sighing at even the suggestion of it. <sighs> that's a good one. All right. Sell high or Heath sigh on Mike Evans. Sell high. Sell high. If you can sell real high, definitely. But so, you might want to wait until after this week. So see, yeah, I, I mean this week they have the Bears who stink. I always wonder though, you know, when you've got this guy who's going into a really good matchup and you're thinking, I'll sell high after this. Like this is exactly what I did with Baker Mayfield, who has the same matchup. I try to sell before because if they have a bad game in a great matchup, that is gonna be really bad for their trade value. Well, in, in the case of Mike Evans, he's coming off a great game. So that's absolutely what you should be doing. Sure. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it's also, okay, can can I use him this week? You know, you, you better make sure you're getting somebody who, who's useful for you, not just this week, but also the rest of the season. Uh, we have Would a you sell- turn him into DJ Moore? Evans for more? I'd rather have Evans. I'd rather have more. Okay. By the way, how did Ken Walker only turn these targets into this many yards? I'm looking at all of his targets right now. Um, I like the way they used him pretty creatively. Okay. <laughs> uh, sell high on Kyron Williams or Heath Sigh? Sell high. Sell high. I mean, yes. If I don't, what, what's, what could you get for Kyron Williams? What do you think you should be able to get? Or, you know, how do you value him? I think he's going to start for the Rams. <laughs> I love that. Like you could probably turn him into Chris Godwin or Tyler Lockett. Oh, in a heartbeat, I would make those trades. Kirk, I would rather have Kirk, McLaurin, Pickens. I, I could keep going. There's there's 30, res- there might legitimately be 30 receivers that I'd rather have. 40, maybe even. Do you guys think George Pickens is about to have a very good month without Deontay Johnson? No. Yeah, I think he can. He doesn't. He doesn't run it any of the same. I mean, maybe maybe they will change his route. They didn't change it in week one. Maybe they'll change his route tree now that Johnson's hurt. Did he just? Did you see his route tree? I mean, is there a, a number on this, or is this just I, an let assumption? Let me pull up the Gibbs tweets. Okay. All right. While you there do is that, a number. we'll start grade the trade. Grade the trade from Matthew. I gave away Waddle and Pollard Ooh. for Barkley and Cup. Ah. Uh, huh. Yeah, <laughs> that's enough. Yeah, because um, Cup could be out so long. You don't even know. Yeah, probably so. I I don't know. Man, that could be a big win. If Barkley and Paul are the same. It could absolutely be a big win. But That could be a big win. You still got three more weeks of, of Waddle. Yeah. At least. From Aiden, trade Ayuk for Higgins. I see. Yeah, we've had this. Yep, do that. Yep. yep. 12 team PPR. I give up Tua and Luke Musgrave. I get Mostert, Drake London, and Sam Laporta. Tua and Musgrave to get Mostert, London, and Sam Laporta. You should be able to do better than that. I agree. I don't I don't like that. D. And the chart might even say that you won on that trade, but no, I bet it doesn't. I bet it says you lost. From Mike, dear Ryan, Reacher, and Sparrow. <laughs> Jax. Mm-hmm. I'm in a 14-team PPR league considering trading Justin Herbert and Nick Chubb for Josh Allen and Ramondre Stevenson. Give up Herbert and Chubb for Allen and Stevenson. I don't like it. I'd do that in full PPR. Uh, I'd rather have the Chubb side. <laughs> this is I the, would rather have Allen than Herbert, so I would do that trade. Uh, this is, the, the I think, the closest, like the best trade I've seen, you know, Analyzing wise, do you want do you want the, the the Jacob yeah, tweets I, about Pickens? Yeah, forty yeah. percent of his routes were go corner post. One of those three routes, those those deeper routes that he he ran more than anybody else of last year. When Deontay Johnson went out, when he was not on the field, he led the team in routes run. Both Allen Robinson and Calvin Austin had more targets than him. Wait. All right, twelve team. PPR. Could that just be a byproduct of the 49ers playing heavy 
coverage, heavy zone coverage? It, it could be. Yeah, it's right. just when, so when it confirms what happened it, last so. year. Right. Bad start. Uh, 12-team PPR Dynasty League. I give up Brandon Ayuk and a first and second round pick in 2025 for Tyreek Hill. I'm a contender. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk and a first and second round pick two years from now? Uh-huh, for Tyreek Hill. A plus. Yeah, yeah. do it. I, I don't go see win, how go you... win that championship. All right. Good stuff. Thank you, guys. We will talk to you tomorrow with Starter Sit for the AFC Home Games, and then tomorrow night only on YouTube, youtube.com slash today for our live stream to get your lineup set. For Dave, Keith, and Jamie, and Thomas, I'm Adam, and we'll uh, have a sip of tomorrow. So have a great day. See you.